Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third-tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. We have a fun and depressing topic today. <laughs> so <laughs> not really. It's actually great. Uh, great topic. Um, you know, I don't know how many people are on bigger pockets, but um, we like to get on there. Me and Connor get on there and look at some of the discussions and what we're seeing um, in the forums. And we, we try to participate in some of those conversations on self-storage. Um, and it, we, we're getting a lot of comments on um, uh, choosing the right market, how to know if a market's overbuilt, how to know if a market's healthy, growing. Um, and this is becoming a bigger concern to people, which is great. It should be. Um, and they, I think it was in October. Was it October, Connor? Yeah, late October, the Wall Street Journal deal. Yes, yeah. late October, the yeah. Wall Street Journal came out, and it it said, you know, it was titled, um, I think it was self-storage facilities, go, go somewhere else. Um, and it, it was talking about, actually, a city near my hometown, so the Boise metro area. And I was um, interviewed on the news about this topic related to the Wall Street Journal, and there's been a few articles, but this was one that was a little more prevalent. And it was on uh, moratoriums that cities are putting on and how they are dealing with self-storage and how cities are dealing with overbuilt markets. And it, it's it's obviously a sign of the times, um, but it's a really important discussion to have. We are, uh, you know, we participate a lot with ISS and SSA and the large owners council there with uh, people with 10 facilities plus. And the main thing people are talking about is uh, overbuilt markets. And uh, people are starting to be more cautious and careful. And that's wonderful, mm -hmm. as you should be too. Um, it doesn't mean that there's not, I, I, I hear a lot of people say, so is this a bad time in the market? That's, I, I hate that question because I'm like, well, what market are you in? There's tons of opportunity out there, right? But it used to be you could just throw it up and people would come, right? That was an old model. You build it, they will come. And then it became, okay, well, not if you build it up, but pretty much any good market would be a good market. And you could put up a facility and three years later, it would do great. Um, and that's been going on for a long time for like the last 10 years. Um, and that game is over. Now we're in more of a normal market where some markets are good. Some markets are horrible. Others are amazing. And so now you actually have to do a little work. I know it's horrible. You got to think, you got to look into markets. You got to figure out where you should go and where you should avoid. Um, so I don't like that. Is it a good, are we in the right market cycle? Is this a bad time to invest? And I don't, 
I, I don't try to predict macroeconomic trends because I can't and nor could you. And the thing that you need to focus on is the deal. And if a, you know, I would buy, if I knew that a recession is coming yet next year, which it probably is, I mean, we're definitely going to have one in the next five years. I don't know when, but if I have a good deal and I knew that a recession was coming next year, by my criteria, I'd still buy it. That's, and that just goes back to that, that principle of buying right, no matter if you're, you're in, no matter what you're investing in, um, where you have that cushion and you're, and that's just the, the, the plan with everything where it doesn't plan for the worst, hope for the best. Like that yeah. will always be the go-to Yeah, that will make you succeed. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a perfect way to look at these facilities or look at the markets. Are you stress testing? And most people are looking for excuses. So if you're buying, building storage, storage facilities, you know, there's the joke, developers are going to do what developers do, develop. And, and we see this in markets that there's already foreclosures like in Texas and people are still building and you're at over 15 bucks a square, uh, a square foot per capita, like here in, in the treasure Valley, you're at 16 approaching 17 and you go talk to people, and they're just like, well, this is a recession-proof asset. Um, I'm building. Well, what do you think about the overall market? Oh, you know, I mean, I'm not afraid of competition. And, and two, this road's a good road. And you're kind of going, well, but see, that's just lazy thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, it, it's kind of when you do that, and then you go bankrupt, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, it wasn't my fault. It was a recession. I, I just, that's, I don't know. I'm like, eh, Really? Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean you've you've got a plan, and it's it's really unfortunate that people have done that and are currently doing that. Where it's like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't really think of that, or yeah. I didn't really, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And it's I'm, like, and man. two, I'm not one of those people that are like, well, I'm not going to do it because recession. I could, I like everybody else, we could all, all be bankrupt in two years. We could have a depression, mm-hmm. and I could lose everything. I get that. There's no reason for that to keep me up at night because that is totally out of my control. Right. Right. Now, I also need to understand that there's economic swings and there's going to be, so I need to be prepared to be able to weather storms. Now, I'm not preparing to weather for a nuclear holocaust because I would never do a deal ever because they'd all have to be free. So there is this middle ground and you shouldn't be on either side of the extremes. And I think that's really important to start off this entire conversation. Yeah, for sure. And and definitely kind of I wanted to pitch our uh, our awesome YouTube video that we just did recently about um, yes. how to evaluate a market for self-storage uh, where we actually go over some of that. So uh, if you guys haven't already, go over to YouTube and check out uh, self-storage income on YouTube. Got some videos coming out every now and then on there. And uh, we walk you guys through a lot of how we're looking at these deals and evaluating markets and making sure that we are going to hit those marks that we need to hit to make, to make everything pencil, you know? And, and that's the thing. It's when you're developing a facility, building and and buying too, understanding the economic drivers to be able to build that into your performance or your, you know, five-year planning, all those kind of things. Um, there is a slight amount of guessing, but two, there's also like known appreciation. 
or so like I look when we buy facilities, our model is that we buy underperforming facilities based upon current market standards, the gap before between underperformance and market standards is the value add structure that we get. I don't buy and say, oh, this is going to be great in five years because I can't control that. So I can't plan on it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm buying and I know there's a 30% spread between cost of debt services, operations, um, extra product lines, sales, insurance, um, revenue management, all these kind of things, I know that there's a 30% spread. That is, Those are all within my control. I can control that. So it's not like I'm not waiting for markets to give me the appreciation. I'm not waiting for someone else to give me the upside. It's known. I can count on it. That's how I buy. Again, it's what you can control. It's what I can control, what I can do. So if I get into a position where the facility, there's not a lot to get out of it, and I'm sitting there saying, well, I can't, um, you know, it's going to be great in five years. And there's not a lot happening now, but I'm going to get X percentage increase every year. You know, I just, I don't play that game. I don't like that game. Um, It's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game because you're one recession away. Uh, So please make sure there's some upside in it. And that's where I think this all starts. Before you choose a market at all, you need to look at individual deals themselves. Forget about the market. How is this storage facility operating, right? Or if you're going to be building it, right? How is this going to operate and compete against competitors? And when we look at markets, and we talked about this in the video, so it is actually a great video to correspond with this podcast. We talk about, you know, people are like, oh, well, what demographics are you looking for? And I'm like, oh, I'm looking for the ones where I can compete and there's just demand in the market. Um, And I say that just jokingly because there are things that we look for, but it takes very much a backseat. When I walk into a market, you can have market with the best demographics ever, and those tend to be the ones that always get overbuilt. So if you took like Houston, right, Dallas, Boise, Idaho, some of these markets that are Portland, um, parts of Seattle, um, different, you know, these these markets that are way you're either way overbuilt or getting there. Um, those are normally actually the best demographics in the United States, right? There's so many people moving to these markets. There's so much going on. Growth is massive. Growth is massive. They're exploding. Well, that also turns off like that. I mean, that growth just, it can turn off at any second. Um, We are one Trump tweet away from the markets going crazy, right? (laughs) You know, we are just, we're literally one thing away from something happening, an election happening where you get, you know, some crazy person in there that's going to put all these taxes on real estate and the market shuts down. People stop moving. Um, it, it's, we, we don't know that and we can't predict that future. So those are the reasons why, you know, the, even though a market may be hot, look at the supply and demand. So, so I look at the competition, what's coming on board. Well, when you're at 15, $16 a square feet and you're in a market of 300,000 and you have 1.5 million square feet currently being built there, this should cause, you know, you should think twice. Um, Yeah. Talk to the cities, figure out what's getting built in your area. This is so important. Definitely contact them. 
And so I think let's get the demographics out of the way because it's, it is a side thing. I, I like when I'm looking at markets and to everybody's different, everybody's, um, you know, strategy is different. This I'm speaking from us, what we're looking for, what we do. Once again, we own, we operate, you know, we do everything ourselves. Um, and uh, so, and even, and not that it would change if I had a third party manager, cause I'm, I'm talking about the performance of the asset. But when we look at this, I want areas that are diversified in employment that are growing. They don't have to be exploding, but are growing the long term. There's long-term predictable trends that will likely continue with or without a recession. And there is wage growth increasing. Um, I, you want to look for, you know, economic barriers where you have some markets where uh, certain portions of the market are either cratering because of industry, has housing problems, wage problems. You know, there's different things. You, I try to stay away from those. Um, now looking at markets that are once again, doing great. I mean, you have Nashville, you have all these markets, which are, are exploding. They are also exploding with competition. So you're trying to be Goldilocks here. You find that middle ground. So now we, we move on that because demographics that it's just, it's hard. You have overbuilt markets today. You, so like you have Seattle, right? That's overbuilt. Now with that said, in the Seattle area, I'm looking at doing a development, but it's because you go two miles outside and you're in another world. It's a totally different market. So even though you say that some of these markets are overbuilt, right? They, and they are, you should walk it, watch out. Remember that this can be concentrated within a five mile radius. Mm -hmm. So sub markets are fantastic. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're spilling into sub markets, second tier, third tier markets right now. It's a natural spot in the overall growth to do it. So, Look at those good demographics. You don't want to be in cities that are dying, obviously. Um, but let's move on to, I think, probably the more important thing. So when identifying the best markets, I'm trying to identify high demand with good fundamentals and a place where I can compete in. Um, this is... Uh, really what your soft, your sweet spot is. So if I look at it and I say, um, if I have competitors in the market and I can go, you can work with the cities like we talked about first, you should immediately call if you're looking to build or acquire what's in the pipeline, what ground is approved for self-storage, and most importantly, city, what do you think about storage? How do you feel about it? What are your plans? What are your plans? Yeah. Right? That was a huge, I think you kind of talked on that in the beginning, the beginning of the podcast where there was literally no plan when in the, uh, the Wall Street Journal um, piece there about Nampa being overbuilt. And uh, upon, you know, inquiring of those cities, like, well, what's, what's the overall plan? You know, what's, what's the deal here? And the answer is literally, well, yeah, we don't know what we're doing kind of a thing. So... Yeah, um, definitely, definitely get your uh, uh, get your radar on, radar on that and figure out what city's plans are. Again, what AJ is talking about, what's in the pipeline, and and get dialed in with the cities for sure. Make them your friends. Yeah, they should be. I yeah. mean, you you're right. They should be partners, and and that's the this Wall Street Journal article that we're referencing, and and you know we worked with the city that the Wall Street Journal article was um, referencing, um, one of them. And that was, it, it, it literally was that. They had no plan. And so they had to put 
a moratorium on storage, which we're against. I don't want the government saying you can either build or can't build, right? This is one of those Goldilocks things, again, right? I don't want them to not have a plan because that was the case with Nampa. And so instead, the pendulum swings the other way. And this is two reasons. And this just doesn't have to do with um, actually even the economics of self-storage. It also has to do with the perception. And this is what I get angry about. Like in these cities now, they have facilities that are 50% vacant. They're becoming problems and they're Mm -hmm. popping up on every corner and the citizens are complaining about it. They're like, what is this? This is, you know, they're like, we got all this crappy self-storage coming in. Right. And it starts to get a bad name. It starts to look bad. Um, and it, we there wasn't rules really on how the storage facility should look or act. And so you were getting bad product on the market. That doesn't do any of us any good. We want our industry to be a good industry. We want it to be a growing industry. And so then in return, they said, this is out of control. They're literally building them like, you know, three a block. They're building them on every corner. Um, we're just ending it. And that's what they did. They said, we're done. Nobody can build. And that's definitely not what we want to to happen. So instead, what they did is eventually, follow up for all of those that have read the article, we can tell you now what they've done and how they've gone. Um I was speaking on the news about this and our local news about this because they released them, but instead of the city and I was against them get, uh, I wasn't against the moratorium going away. That was, I was all for it, but I was against why they did it and how they did it. Instead, what they did is they kicked it back to the uh, planning and zoning and said, actually, we're not even going to have our hands on this at all. We're not going to create a plan. We're not even going to tell you what we want to see, how much we want to see or what it looks like. We'll make the planning and zoning make all those decisions, which to me just meant go to them and they'll tell you no. That's totally opposite of what we want. We don't want there to be no guidelines and you just show up and a committee decides however they feel that day. That's horrible. That's not, you know, that's, mm-hmm. this is, that's overarching government interference, in my opinion. And uh, so you need to get with these cities and you need to say, what is your plan? What is your process? Is self-storage a good thing or is it a bad thing? And it's, some cities, they have an impre- a great impression on self-storage. They say our operators are wonderful. We have a good experience with them. Other cities like Nampa, they have a horrible experience, but it was caused by themselves. So get with the cities, figure out what storage is coming where, where it's approved, where it's not. And this is to, I'm not talking about just developing, buying. Um, And then you know what's in the pipeline. You can accurately understand your competitors. You can start to really diagnose supply and demand. What are the trends in price per square footage and occupancy? Okay, this is your next step. You need to look at the overall trends in occupants and square footage. So in these markets, you could take, whether it's Houston, we did, we actually had a, um, uh, a presentation done uh, today by a, uh, a data firm, and they were showing us how, you know, we were looking at the charts and graphs and how over this market occupancy um, uh, vacancy was rising, occupancy was dropping, and uh, price per square foot was every single quarter for like the last year and a half. Well, okay, there's, you know, it's, I, I don't want to say it's not rocket science, but come on. And 
when I look at those markets, you, you want to get one that is you occupancies stable and slowly price per square foot's rising. Um, and then you move on to the next one. Okay, so you clarify demand. So we recognize that occupancies are stable at a certain level. We see that price per square foot is slowly been rising. Um, and now we are talking with the cities. We understand their overall plan. And I know exactly how much is planned on being developed. This gives me a great idea on how to evaluate the asset that I'm going to go look at and underwrite. And the next thing is understanding your competitive advantage. So then you need to look at the marketplace as a whole, who are the owners and operators, and what is their um, competitive advantage in the marketplace? How are you going to compete with them, right? And then or can, can you, you at all. Or can you at all. Yeah. And then you can start to look at and identify the weak ones and say, I think that I'm a better operator than them, and I think they're under market because of their lack of whatever, and you now have an acquisition target in a great, healthy, wonderful market. Um, headlines don't make good markets, so mm. ignore news outlet stuff. Do your research. Um, and, and I think this is a simple but just logical, tried and true method to create good acquisitions, good development projects. And, you know, and I need to make this very clear. You may be buying, and that market can turn on you. That's happened to us in markets. We're completely out of our control. Um, you buy assets, and then three years later, they're building a million square feet a year, mm -hmm. right? But if you did it right the first time, then you have the cushion, like you talked about, right? So now you have the value add, or you've had a few years of increases, so you have a percentage of cushion. So if rates need to drop a little before markets can correct, you're okay, and that's fine, right? What you don't want to is you don't want to be build or buying at the top of a market in a in a in a maybe a demographics that's awesome exploding, but occupancies dropping, price per square foot is dropping, um, and highly capable competitors are coming in. Square foot plan to roll out on the market is huge, and you buy at the top price. A recession hits, all the inventory goes onto the market occupancy drops and uh, price per square foot drops accelerate as people try to fill up and you're left holding the hot potato. This is what we're trying to avoid. Um, I, I, I hope that makes sense. I hope that that just thought process when you're looking at markets, you understand it. And um, when you when you look at markets, it's more about yourself, the asset class and your competitors than anything else. It really is. And using the information that you can get and what you have control over and stuff, I think a lot of this is overwhelming for a lot of people because they think, oh, well, I got to look at this and I got to look at that. And they've got like a million different things that they feel like they've got to analyze and they've got to know all the answers or something before they can move on something. And the fact is you're never going to have all the answers and you're never going to be able to control every aspect of, again, the markets or anything else that is completely and totally out of your control. Exactly. Don't be, and that's why too, I'm like, I don't like it when people are like, oh, name your rules, demographics, things like that. Right. Because I'm like, first of all, it, it, I, 
not that I try to make it simpler, but I try to focus on the important things. Exactly. Understand right. a lot of things are out of my control. But as long as I get these things right, like as long as I can make sure there's stable occupancy, that there's consistent rise in the price per square foot, that the market's not being flooded with inventory, right? That the supply and demand numbers, are we at seven? Uh, you know, seven square feet per capita or we had 22 square feet per capita. And how does that relate to the prices and occupancy, right? Because two, I have markets that are 16 square feet per capita, but they're completely full and prices are rising. It doesn't bother me. Now that's unique. I'll, I'll totally admit that's very rare and unique. But um, once again, that's why even in the demographics and things like that, I don't look necessarily at the um, total square feet per capita on the market but only how that correlates with occupancies and square foot prices. Um, the whole picture. The whole picture. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Look at it all. Don't make one little red flag. You know, you know, look at it all. Go spend time in the markets. Go visit Secret Shop. We're big on this. Look at your competitors. Look at what's going on. Before we buy a facility, I want to know all the competitors, all the planned. I want to talk to them. I want to see the products. I want to see the inventory. Um, because the value add can't be a guess. You're right. closing the gap between current performance and where market standards. That's all. Controlling what you can control. Bingo. So once again, yeah, we're not trying to overwhelm you. I, in fact, I hope I, what, what we hope we're doing is clearing the fog of this mystical, you know, glass ball reading, which markets are the best, <laughs> um, yeah, we're t hopefully we cleared that all away and you can make it a digestible that it will give you, you know, a good feeling about moving forward and not feeling like it's gambling, but at the same time not being drowned by analysis paralysis. Right, right. Well, and we do have that like special crystal ball on that one too. Income, yep, we right? do that also have that. You one. can just you can so, purchase that. Exactly, it's you can purchase that. It's <laughs> a cheap price, hundred thousand um, dollars. Tell us your market, and we'll we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Um, no, but uh, what we do have on self storage income, uh, the website and YouTube podcast, all this stuff. We're we're creating content all the time. Yeah, trying to roll out new services, new products, well, new we ideas. Just out the, we just rolled out our inner circle. Yeah, which it's actually this this week's the last week. And it's half priced, and then it it goes up to to full. But this is actually a great reason why we rolled out the inner circle on our podcast or on the podcast and on the site was specifically, we had so much feedback for this, a place where we can, we have like-minded people getting, we can bring the tools and resources in. We can share information. We can look at individual deals and markets and we can help each other, you know, clear the fog away exactly. and we can make better decision, get more resources from financing and all this kind of stuff, right? Our tools to do deal analysis and un have other people help us underwrite deals, right? And mm -hmm. the more support you can create and get, the more you can move forward in confidence or walk away in confidence, either way. Right. But um, the, uh, it'll allow deal flow, everything else. I, I'm excited about that. Oh, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah. I'm really excited about it, too. Nobody does any of this on their own. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, doesn't happen. Yeah. Success doesn't happen. I mean, geez, we have so many people we reach out to every deal we do. I'm calling people, I'm figuring it out. And it's just, it's, you know, you, your success will determine by who you surround yourself with. So 100%. If you want to know, shoot us an email, guys, or go to the selfstorageincome.com and you can get on there. There's an application, shoot us an email. But that's really, this is such a key part in 
moving forward in self-storage. We are uh, an, an asset that has come out of the shadows in the last 10 years, right? Everybody wants to be a part of it. We're all trying to get at it because we know how awesome of an asset class in industry this is. Mm -hmm. It used to be this weird thing like a junkyard that people never wanted to say that they owned. And now everybody wants to say that they own it. So exactly. let's do it. Do it right and help you guys actually get an asset, you know, and have a cash flowing one that brings you wealth and income as opposed to just listening to it. We hope our podcast is helping you guys do that. We hope our podcast is helping you guys with operations, expand, grow. We love your guys' feedback. We've got a ton of it. I'm, you know, seriously, I'm on the phone with people or I'm getting emails. I looked at another guy's deal yesterday. I, I just love, we do. We love the feedback. We love uh, um, all the support you guys give us. You want to keep giving it? Give us a five-star rating, guys. Give us a great review. With that, Connor, my trusted co-host, anything else? I don't think so, man. I think we covered all the bases. Yeah, shoot us any comments, questions you have, and uh, definitely leave us a review. And um, we're also doing a thing with reviews. You want to run everybody through that, AJ? About, yeah. Uh, leave yeah. us a review, That's actually take a picture really of it. So if you email. guys give us a five-star re uh, review, good thing, take a picture, shoot it to us in an email. Uh, that Once again, go to... Um, selfstorageincome.com, shoot us the email. We will uh, set up a phone call with you where we can try to help you guys on your path and on your way. Um, so a 15-minute phone call, um, we think it's a win-win it's for everybody. So Exactly. We appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. You guys take care, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks.